0: Welcome back to Like to Know It, Influencer Radio. I'm your host, Amber Vinsbox. Today, I am in Sao Paulo, Brazil, for the first ever Reward Style Day. It's a one-day educational conference and celebration that brings together Brazil's top influencers and brands. On today's episode, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce you to my friend from the Southern Hemisphere, Camila Coutinho, one of the world's first and most successful influencers, A creator from Brazil, Camila began her career as a blogger with the site Garotas Estupidas, a site about celebrity trends and gossip. Over the years, Camila turned the camera on herself and incorporating her own fashion amongst the celebs paid off. She's collaborated with international brands, including Dior and Harrods. She's captivated an Instagram following of about 3.5 million people and she creates content across all platforms. She's known for innovating her business alongside culture and technology, which keeps her engagement and profile sky high. An entrepreneur at heart, she can be found on the acclaimed Forbes 30 Under 30 list for her various creative media ventures. And today we're going to dive right into her story so she can share how, over the last decade, she's kept up with the fluid influencer landscape and evolving toolkit of platforms. Camilla, welcome to Like to Know It Influencer Radio. Well, it's an honor to be with you here today because you are truly the largest influencer in Brazil. You were one of the very first to ever start blogging. And today you are truly a, a domestic celebrity, but also international. And what I'm so
1: curious about is where did you grow up? Where did this all begin? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Amber. I'm very happy. And thank you for the intro. Well, I was born in Recife, northeast of Brazil, which is not like, open quote, the main region for fashion. And um, this started 13 years ago, and I was really the first fashion blog in Brazil, so I had no, no one to look up for as an inspiration, which was amazing for me, because this way I uh, managed to be like more original and really do what was in my heart. And to be from outside of São Paulo and Rio was very good too, because it gave me more, um, how can I say, more juice? It made me more different from the other influencers uh, in Brazil. So that was good not to be born in Sao Paulo. Did you grow up in a family home? Yes. Well, my parents are divorced, but they always supported me a lot on whatever I wanted to do for my life. So in my family, we are four. And I am the oldest. So I do what I do. I have a photographer, sister, then another sister that works with design, and a young brother who doesn't know what to do yet, but... I mean, our home is very supportive, so I think it makes all the difference when you have a family base. What were you interested in growing up? Was it always fashion? Yes. (laughs) I always liked fashion, beauty, celebrities, everything related to pop culture. I was a fan. I spent all my money in magazines, especially American ones, because I loved the pictures and I loved, how can I say, the design. I was very inspired by that, so... When I started Garotas Stupides, it wasn't about me, it was about celebrities, other people. I never thought I would be a subject of my own thing. Because I didn't think I was interesting, comparing to Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and all, and all the celebrities that was they were like huge when I started. So it was something that happened, but I always liked the journalist part. So I always liked to give my people good content. So were you trained as a journalist? No. I did a college for design, fashion design. So
0: In 2006 is when you started your blog and you talk about, you know, talking about other celebrities and specifically American celebrities. What was your access to American media? Was it
1: magazines or TV? Blogs, other blogs. At that time, Paris Hilton and Egotastic were the biggest ones. And I used to read them like every day and send the links to my friends so we could talk about it during the weekend. So that's why I did the blog. So I could comment with my friends about the the celebrity life but it was only for three people to read our very own group of friends yeah Perez
0: Hilton was definitely one of the earliest blogs on the internet and I remember going to his site and then also uh, who at where and I think that was like early days of the internet where I didn't even think they were blogs I just thought they were websites that we went to
1: I was a huge fan. And nowadays, Paris Hilton, he follows me. He comments on my posts. I was like, I'm always like, ah.
0: (laughs) It's come full circle.
1: Yeah. When you decided you want to start a blog, what platform did you choose? Or how did you get started online? It wasn't even Blogspot. It was something else. But I had to learn a little bit of HTML. Because by that time, every time I wanted to do like a different kind of font or whatever, I had to do it on HTML. So it was a lot of work but i started the blog spot with a layout that wasn't even mine i had two layouts and then until i had my my own yeah you know, for those of you listening that aren't familiar with the blogging scene back
0: then, there wasn't really a blogging scene back then. And so there weren't platforms that enabled you to create really beautiful blogs very easily. And so what Camilla's talking about is, is like truly hard coding yeah, cool, into yes. her website, the fonts she was using, which, you know, fast forward to today on Instagram, for example, and you can create a post and get it live on the, the internet within moments. Um, things looked a little
1: different back then. You had to try hard. Yes, which I think is amazing for us the bloggers that have more than 10 years in, in this business because it makes us see more, you know? It makes us um, have more perspective because when we started, everything was so different, so we didn't start on Instagram. This, I think, is very, is very important and very rich for us in terms of experience, so we can plan more our careers because we have more, a little bit more background. Because back then, you couldn't
0: just wake up in the morning and decide to post something. You really did have to plan because it took hours to create a blog post. Yeah. So it was, yeah, much more structured days. Was blogging your first job or
1: did you ever work anywhere else? I had one job before blogging because I, I did design. I wanted to be a fashion designer and a print designer, print. So I did work in a brand called Seaway, which is a surfwear brand, huge in my in my region and then i used to do everything Co- um, college uh internship on C-way, and then in the blog so by the time i had one year working there I was like okay i want i really want to dedicate my time full time for the blog so i quit and what was the blog called garotas estúpidas yes <laughs> what's the translation for that it's called uh, stupid girls i named it after the pink song remember that uh the video that she used to do like she was very ironic on the celebrities, And this is very my way of communicating. I don't take myself too seriously. I think this way everything's more light and I'm able to connect more. At what point did you start inserting yourself into the blog? Mm, I think after two years or so, because then I don't know. I don't even know why I started to post on first person. And then I realized that the engagement was a lot, compared to Britney. I was like, really? Are they really interested in what I'm wearing on my regular days? And then that's when I started to post more about my my outfits, beauty products I was testing. And so, yeah. And today you've really
0: split Garotas Estupidas away from actually yours, Camila Cappuccino. And so when you look online, they're actually two separate brands. At what point did that happen?
1: It was five or six years ago, when I went to this Diane von Fustenberg event in LA, I was by myself and I had my camera on my arm and I took a lot of pictures because all the celebrities were there. And by that time I was, um, my handle was Garotas stupidest. So I post everything I could on mine, but it didn't make sense for me to post another people outfit on my account. So I called my content assistant and I was like, what do you think we create a new handle only for Garotas Estupidas? And she was like, "Mm, are you sure? I don't know. Because by that time, I I was already a million followers. And then I was like, well, let's give it a try. And then we started from zero. Which I want to say actually was very brave of you
0: because you had reached a million followers Mm -hmm. and you knew how hard it was to get to a million. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. can be stifled by the existing success and not wanting to swing for the fences again. Mm -hmm. Because what
1: if it doesn't go well? There's competition with other people, and there's competing with ourselves because we keep comparing ourselves to what we' already done. But I think what I love the most in this business is to have fun. In life, I like to have fun, because if you don't dare, what are you here for? You know? Because everything changes so fast, so it's necessary for you to, to take risks. And if it doesn't work, it didn't, because I think the mistake is part of the process, and people don't remember things as much as they did before so if you do something right amazing congratulations but the same way if you do something wrong it's fast it goes it goes by fast so this is a good uh, thing to remember when you're like afraid of trying something new so by that time uh, the first thing was uh, the feeling that I really wanted to communicate Garotos de estupidez on Instagram but right after I realized it was a very good strategy commercially speaking because I could split the um, the deals because sometimes if I sign with a shampoo brand, I am, I'm not able to post any other brands because they want exclusivity. And then on Garotas Estupidas, I could keep this editorial freedom. And but now I think um, this year I really focus again back on Garotas Estupidas because I think we have two brands, so there's no reason for us to kill one brand because this was what happened when the bloggers. Fashion bloggers went on Instagram and killed their blog. And for me, it was never was never all about me. So we have two brands that are sellable, mm-hmm. and it's good to keep it. So we are working a lot on Garotas Stupidos on rebuilding the brand and make it a rentable product again, you know? So I want
0: to double-click on two things that you said. One was, you know, about Garotas Estupidas. So it has 1.2 million followers yeah. today, so certainly is commercially viable. And you talk about it as sort of, you know, bringing life back to the brand again. What happened in that period that you're
1: discussing? Yeah, this is a good question. I was about to complete that, but I thought I was talking too much. (laughs) Never. Well, one thing is to have followers. Another thing is to sell. It's not the same because we were able during these years to build an audience on Instagram for Garotes and Stupidness, but there wasn't a face. And uh, as a strategy, the, the strategy is for me not to be the face anymore because I want Garotistopolis to be a place for everyone to have voice and to have more representative other than just my face and despite we were good on content and we had a lot of engagement and stuff we were turning into a regram a regram handle talking a lot about celebrities and stuff and I was like okay I told my team I want to bring it back to the beginning Mm -hmm. to producing our own content more and more I want the person to go and get out to the stupidest, see the feed and think, okay, the majority of the content is produced by them, not the opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the goal now and um, to achieve that, uh, we have now other people talking about beauty, we have a lot of collaborators, we have people talking about nutrition, news, culture, art. So we want to give more faces to the brand and by doing this, we already are selling way more publicity there than we used to last year. So this is the the strategy. I also want to talk
0: about what you said with bloggers killed their blog yeah. by investing completely in Instagram. Tell me more
1: about that. I think sometimes it was easier for me because, like I said, it was never only about myself. I always talked about other people, too, on my blog. So the transition was easier in this way, because if it's only about yourself and you're talking about fashion, I mean it's natural that you go if you focus more on Instagram because there you can post your outfits, outfits and it's all about image. So it's natural. But I think people shouldn't focus only on Instagram. They should pay attention all around to keep their brand alive. And I think for the girls that for the people that started on Instagram, it's easier to get caught in the formula of like outfit of the day and crossing the street with gorgeous makeup and hair. But in the end, and especially nowadays, you have to be original and you have to dare because there's a lot of people out there doing the same thing. So to be seen and to be noticed in this moment now that everyone is, I don't know about you, but I feel that's like a lot of screams. Everyone's screaming, "Ah, look at me, look at me. And then for you to be really seen, you have to really talk. I mean, you have to really be original. And this takes more than just pictures, you know.
0: And so for you, that means publishing to many different platforms.
1: Yes. And also thinking more, like don't get stuck on the, on the formula that everyone's doing because it can work, but it doesn't take you long term. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's really like there. So where do you feel like you have dared well, I, sometimes I, I see myself stuck and I really pay attention on that. And But because this really bothers me to do things that everyone's doing, I don't stay there for long. So one example, like to focus on Garotas Stupidness Stupidas this year is is giving me like a lot of pleasure because Garotas Stupidness Stupidas brought me to this world and I wanted to be alive for a long time. So I'm feeling very good about it. But also... Uh, I went to South by Southwest for my second time this year. I want to go in March. I'll be there again. And to talk about technology and to talk about lifestyle is something that I really like. But I used to talk only with my friends and my colleagues on work. And then I went to South by Southwest and I was like, OK, I'm going to do a, an IGTV about my, the things I saw that caught my attention. And it took me a long time to do it. I was like postponing. And then I did it like one month after. And when I published... I was afraid because I thought, okay, is this good? Is people going to like it? Am I doing it right? Because I wasn't seen as an specialist on this until that time. And it was a huge success. Engagement was in the sky and I had a lot of new followers coming. And then I found a new thing. So I, I, I say that internet is very moldable. Mm-hmm. You can like in one month change the perception of people on you. And that's very precious because you can really do it. So now I'm like investing a lot on this. And I still, sure, I love fashion. I love beauty. But this is something I really want to work long term. I think niches are very important now.
0: And as you think about new mediums, when did you start transitioning to video with IGTV and with your YouTube?
1: I actually started on YouTube a bit late comparing to the other girls. Like five years ago, I was already big here in brazil on what i do i think four years ago yeah and uh, youtube already had a huge community so it's like okay how do i get in this (laughs) so i started studying the other channels from the girls that girls that like during fashion week asked to take pictures with me were huge like had million followers on youtube so i was like okay i have to learn with them now and then i created this project called house of youtubers And I got MAC Cosmetics as a sponsor. So the first season, we rented a mansion in Rio and we flew 12 YouTubers. So we could stay there three days doing collaborations. And it was amazing because everyone grew so much, like 100,000 followers more and subscribers. It was amazing. So this put me inside the YouTube world. And I really focused on doing the things that were working already, like tutorials and tags and whatever, but already also in doing my own content. So I created a reality show called, a travel reality show called Kami Viki Take. So we started covering fashion weeks and then we did on on travel too. So we have Dubai, we have London, we have Paris, we have New York. And then I have this interview thing, which is called Di Carona on a ride that I interview huge celebrities. But now I'm really more focused on IGTV because my audience, my main audience is there, so it works faster for me. But YouTube is still there, so I'm I'm figuring out what I'm doing with YouTube. Did you ever take any classes or learn how to be
0: essentially in front of the camera? Because it's very different than crossing a street in front of a camera. It is.
1: Well, I did theater classes when I was (laughs) young. Uh, it was good for me, um, but in the beginning of the blog, I thought I was the worst on video. Really, I I, I used to have other people doing video for me because it, I really want, didn't want to be in front of the camera because I, I just thought I didn't work in front of the camera. But then you just, I mean, as everything on the internet, you just have to go there and do it. Put your face out there because this is the only way you learn and you have to stop judging yourself a bit. Be kind with yourself because, I mean, you have to try. And then now I love it. I love to be in front of the camera and to do the interviews. I love to bring the good content to the people because I feel that nowadays we spend so many time on the phone that we are getting tired of leaving that phone moment without anything. I mean, it's good to have fun, to see beautiful things, but it's even nicer when you're out of this experience richer in your mind, like with something else, you know? So this is my main goal right now. You have now traveled the
0: world and you know influencers from from all over the world and you've gotten to see their different cultures or their different kind of niches, whether it's spending time at South by and seeing those sort of technologist influencers or fashion influencers in Paris. What would you say is different about Brazilian influencers?
1: That's a good one. Well, first of all, Brazil is a country that is obsessed with social media. I think we're the third on Instagram hanging of users. And it's a huge country. So this helps for the community to be very strong. So the blogging community here is like is huge. I always tell my friends from outside of Brazil come to Brazil, work here. <laughs> like come, you have to come to see the market because it's very it's very good. But let's see the main difference. I think the Brazilian people are very they they have a lot of charisma. I think this makes a lot of difference. The style, we are very conservative. People think that Brazil is a country that, ah, everyone's super like. <laughs> but in the end of the day, we're very traditional. So I think this is something we should work on to be more bold in all the aspects. But now I think we're getting better, you know, but I think on our side, we are very charismatic it's it's really an art form every time I'm here I'm so in awe about how much
0: content is created in a single hour yet socially I don't find that it causes friction whereas in the, in the states there's just something different where people they get on their phone and they're completely focused I'm guilty party number one where I'm so focused on editing that piece of content and
1: getting it up that I've lost that whole moment and you guys have it down to an art form there's one thing I remember now we really post when I do like press trips with bloggers from around the world I pay attention that they don't post uh, real time. And we are, when we travel, the Brazilians, we are crazy about posting everything, posting a lot, like being the first. And then I just uh, came back from Marrakesh with Jean-Paul Gaultier. I was the only Brazilian in a group of, I don't know, 20 influencers. And they are still posting about Marrakesh. And it's been like almost a month. And uh, for myself, I, I have to post everything almost real time. But I think it's good because I really enjoyed it because I could be more chill during the trip because there I was the only Brazilian so I didn't feel any pressure to be the first and uh I think this way you you have more time to think about the content you're posting but still I'm faster than them
0: <laughs> yeah completely and there's a real enthusiasm to live posting and I'll say it. since I landed on this trip I made it a point to do it like the Brazilians and to live post everything that's happening. I'm actually surprised at how quickly I can get things up when I do them live. But also I have so much more enthusiasm for those things. Whereas if I was going back in days from now and posting my dinner from last night, you wouldn't have gotten near the amount of content or anything because it would have lost its sparkle as other things become new again. So I think there's something to that. And I would say... Brazilians are very friendly. I think you said charismatic yes. and flirty is not the right word, but it's everyone like, is just really, they're happy. They're very lovable. They're, you know, everyone's giving hugs. Um, I have to remember when I walk into a room that the handshake's not the way. So sorry, team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a very different culture and that plays to actually your success in social media because everyone's actually quite friendly on social media. Everyone likes each other's photos. They they follow each other freely whereas in other countries it's a very contrived follow Mm -hmm. and a follow is something that some people even would pay other people for. Like I've had brands pay influencers to just follow them mm-hmm. and even peer-to-peer because it's such a thing that they hold back as if it's part of their brand and something that they really control and it's it's an elitist mindset but that's not what you have here mm-hmm. and so it it has made actually the social media opportunity much friendlier
1: yeah and it's good uh, again that i'm uh, i'm old in this business because the way i see competition uh, competition in, on the internet is called collaborative you don't grow in numbers and uh, in life, if you don't collaborate, if you're not open to other people. So I think I don't care if the person has 10 million followers or a thousand followers. If I'm doing something with you, if I'm here with you and I'm posting, I'm tagging you, I'm promoting you because I think it comes back. So this is something very natural. We don't think that much. We collaborate a lot. This is true. It's a good a good point. And I think it's amazing to to see competition in this way because it changed it's not about being separate it's about being together
0: and you've definitely lived that out with the youtube trip that you described
1: where you know you found
0: the the group of people that you wanted to be surrounded by and you actually brought value to them as part of the group and then created growth in that way who inspires you
1: Hmm. well i always say uh, you know costanza pascolato she's like um she's a huge she's like Aries Apfel in Brazil. Yes. (laughs) She is eight years old and she's a fashion icon. And I always like to tell her name when people ask me this. I just interviewed her. She just launched her uh, fifth book with eight years old. And I love the way she's very passionate about life and about her, her work. And she never gets tired and she never... She's never completely satisfied. She sees... How can I say? She's very alive. She's curious. And this I love. I think it's something very important to keep in life. So I look up for her a lot. And also my dad, he inspires me a lot. He's like my guru. Everything I'm in doubt, and I'm a Libra, so I have a lot of doubt. <laughs> I ask him. So I think, yeah. You wrote your own book recently. Yes. What's the name of that book? It's called Io, something like... Am I stupid? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Phil. And um, it's not a style guide. When I started write, writing, it took me two years to finish. I realized that my story was very um, connected with the changes in fashion world. Because this, during this decade, more than a decade, everything changed a lot. So I tell my story in the book and I compare with the changes in fashion world. And also I give tips on networking, on reinventing yourself. So each chapter is about something related to business in a very light language so people tell me they read in one one day two days maximum so i'm very happy it takes confidence to write i think a
0: professional book for others and to share kind of your tips and secrets was there something that happened in your world or your life or your business that made you feel like you now had the confidence to share a book's
1: worth of knowledge actually i wasn't confident that i could so my editor she had to travel twice to my hometown to convince myself that I had to write a book. I was like, no, I don't have time. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't want to do a style guide. She was like, girl, you have to do this. <laughs> and then she convinced me and she was very patient with me because it took me really, I lost my deadline like three times because I never thought that it was good enough because I didn't want to be in an ego trip. I didn't want it to be only about myself. I wanted to really like give people... Something that they could, like, bring to their lives and use it. And uh, we keep judging our, ourselves because we think that people already know. That's very obvious, but it's not in the end because we live in our bubble and we think everyone knows what we know and and they don't. So I wanted to bring something new. And uh, by the time I was finishing my editor, I was like, OK, it's ready. Stop, like, looking at it. It's ready. Let's Let's launch. And uh, in the end, I was super happy because the language was very easy. So it reached a lot of people, like girls, 13-year-old girls and 50-year-old men. Like my lawyer, he read it and he really liked it. So I think my mission was accomplished in the end. But it really, because after you spend 10 years writing on Internet, it's very hard for you to sit and write something that's going to be, how can I say Is it timeless? Because it's going to be printed. It's going to be in a bookshelf. So it has to last more than a day, right? So it's really a challenge. But I think I was was happy. More similar to a book than a blog,
0: I might put a TED Talk in that category. And you've been interested in so many new things lately, whether it's going to South by and immersing yourself in technology and sharing that or writing a book of your own.
1: And now this year you recorded a TED Talk. Yes. Oh, my God. That was another challenge. (laughs) Because I hired this uh, speaker trainer last year because of the book. Because, because of the book, I was getting invited to do a lot of talks, to go to TV shows and stuff. And I never had a problem on speaking public, but I had a problem on doing my own thing, you know, holding a mic by myself, having no one to interview me. So this was something I was very, I would get very nervous. And then I hired Paulo to help me with that. And um, I remember on the first class, I told him, "Okay, my dream is to give a talk on South by Southwest." And he would be like, "Okay, we will get there, but have patience because uh, one step at a time." And then after a few months, he was like, "Okay, what about a TED talk in Palo Alto College?" I was like, "Whoa, (laughs) okay, I take this challenge." And then we started training for that because it was a a personal, a huge personal challenge in English. It's not my native language, so. We started writing about, because the team of the TED was there. So we started talking about dare to do your own thing, to like put in practice your your ideas and stuff. But then I realized that this was a bit, wasn't in my heart. My talk's called Dare to be Independent. Because for us women, we really have to dare to be independent because there's a lot of um, prejudice that comes along. Like it's easier for, people to take control of other people when they create patterns and right now I feel that we are breaking patterns so it, it takes like a lot of courage to to do this so that's why what I wanted to talk about and then I redid it everything a few days before I flew so I didn't have time to practice with him at all <sighs> which with TED talks if you don't
0: do them exactly right it doesn't get published so yeah. not only does it have to be in
1: English it actually has to be perfect. Kind of, I mean, they really got me like very um, calm about this because Paulo told me they don't know what you're speaking about. They don't know the words exactly you're saying. So be calm because the main thing is for you to pass the message. So this made me very like I was okay, what better? But really, I mean, they can edit but it has to be good to go to the platform and this is the main thing it's not about flying and it's important to talk to the people that are there listening to you but the main thing is go to the platform and then be heard by the world it's a very special thing to like be given 15 minutes to talk about whatever you want so it's good that you pick the right thing so that's why i changed it but it was good now i'm waiting for it to go live (laughs) to be published I'm excited to hear that
0: because I identify you with you in the traditional roles. And I think a lot of people in our industry specifically are breaking those traditional roles and are becoming the primary breadwinner or the, the face of the family, if you will. And there's a lot of things socially and just
1: culturally that are new norms that are being created. Yes. And so
0: very much interested
1: in and that. We are part of this and because we are the, the generation that's in the middle of everything. We are the ones that are suffering, but we have like important roles. I think
0: you've done a lot in the last couple of years and over the last decade for sure. But even specifically, I feel like it's getting you know closer and closer between times when you're doing new interesting things. What else is on your professional
1: bucket list? Mm, that's also a good one because I don't don't know about you, but I feel that's so hard for us to plan long term because things change so fast. So right now, I think I'm really focused on the, on to is stupid as again and in doing this new thing on my brand like talking about things that i really like and maybe having a bit more routine don't travel as much because if we stop to think if i look back oh my god i travel so much this year already i'm going to china next month i was like i don't want to travel this year anymore and then china i was like okay how how you don't go to china <laughs> you have to And then, But this is a personal goal for me to have a little bit more of routine. So I'm focusing on a big project for next year, uh, my own brand. I'll have more details soon. So I'm very excited about this. And I know it's a lot of work, but I I feel that's for us, this generation of bloggers that's more than 10 years, we are finishing, not finishing, but we are in the end of a cycle. We already done so much. So it's funny to see people that really wanted to break from the traditional market, from traditional jobs to go back. Mm -hmm. I think it's maturity coming. (laughs) So this is a goal for me. And I want to keep communicating on whatever channel it is. I really like the cross-media thing. So I wrote a book. I really want to write a second one. I'm really happy with the idea of being outside of internet too. Maybe TV, maybe, I don't know, um, something on demand. I really like to communicate. So I think... For long term, this is the main goal. Where I'm going to be, I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. And what are you publishing now on your Like to Know It profile? Well, outfits and also beauty products. But I'm not a guru. I just talk about things I really like. My everyday routine products. And on the web, on Garotes Estúpidas, we are very active with reward style and Like to Know It too. Because there we publish a lot of products. We do shops, we do like beauty lists so, and everything. So,
0: If you were getting started today, what do you think you would do? Where would you go? How would you get started?
1: It's hard because I think the main challenge is for you not to, um, open quote again, to get lost in other people's content, what they are already doing. So I think this is the main challenge because when I started, no one was doing this. So it was very free to do whatever was in my heart. So I think nowadays it's easier for you to go with the flow. So, I think that would that would be the thing I would be more careful to do my own thing because this way you get hurt, otherwise you just want more so yeah, what's in your tool bag,
0: and what I mean by that is like what sort of like apps or efficiency tools or team members or editing apps, like what is it that makes your world go round?
1: <laughs> a lot. <laughs> because we don't have an office, a physical office. And we, I have a team of six people. I have two people on content. I have a commercial uh, manager to sell the, the ads and the product. And then she has an assistant. Then um, I have a um, creative director I just hired two years ago. Because I really felt I had to have someone else to be able to talk to me about the creative part. Because I was by myself. So I had no one to talk about it and to like change opinions. And then I hired this person. I think no other blogger has, <laughs> has this member on their team. So I would be nothing without my team. I have press too. I would, I would be nothing with them because I think for you to grow, you have to delegate. Otherwise, you're stuck. So my team, first of all, and then for myself, I like to make it very simple as talking about tools. I used to have cameras and everything. Now I do everything on my phone. Sure, I have a team that can like record stuff for me when I want to do it more professional. But the main thing, the main um, content I film on my phone. So I bought this, this structure I can bring everywhere with the mic plugged, plugged in the phone, the lights. So when I go interview someone, I'm usually by myself. So it's almost like a selfie stick with all yes. the gear built in. Yes, it's amazing. I loved yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well
0: Camila, thank you so much for being thank here. You. We're excited to follow along with your line and your thoughts on technology. And of course, your TED Talk and then shopping all of your picks in the app. Thank, thank, you, thank you so you for being
1: much. Here. And I'm very happy. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you guys uh, get curious to check more about Brazil, the, fo- the, um, the influencers. And thank you.
0: shop Camilla's everyday head-to-toe looks, beauty routines, and much more. You can find her in the Like to Know It app at Camilla Cochino, at C-A-N-I-L-A-C-O-U-T-H-I-N-O. The Like to Know It app is the only place where you can go to search for products and get 100% shoppable results, all in the context of the lives of real influential people who use those products. Search for products like trench coat, over the knee boots, stroller, white marble table, and get results from real people who use them. Like to Know It product search gives you an incredible contextual experience that cannot be found anywhere else. Join our community by downloading the Like to Know It app on the App Store and Google Play.